welcome you this morning to this uh, sanctuary, this house of worship. And I do so in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, that altogether lovely one who uh, made that sacrifice and was crucified that you and I might have life. The beauty of his creation is evident before us this morning. What a blessing it is that he has shared with us and the beauty of the sunshine and the colors of the fall season, all that the Lord has done for us. It indeed is the touch of the Master's hand, is it not? We come today, uh, saints, to partake of the sacrament of the Lord's Supper. And we do this uh, regularly, as is our custom, the first Sunday of every month. And I pray that you have come today having prepared yourselves. If you've attended our earlier prayer service, what a fine invitation to this hour of worship. And what a fine reminder it is and was of what our Lord has done for us. I'd like to read to you a call to worship today from the book of Mosiah, the 8th chapter. And I'm going to begin at the 15th verse. And This prophet in the Book of Mormon is quoting the prophet of Isaiah. And he says, Yea, even doth not Isaiah say, Who hath believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, and as a root out of dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness, and, we shall, and when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows, and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our face from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, Yet we did esteem him stricken and smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord hath laid on him the iniquities of us all. May the Lord bless us today as we enter into this service of worship. Shall we join together now, saints, in joyfully singing hymn number 112, Nearer, my God, to Thee. Nearer, 
Our Father in heaven, we come to you this morning with thanksgiving in our hearts that we come in remembrance of what you have done for our lives through your Son, Jesus Christ. The many opportunities we have to learn as we work out our salvation here on this earth to follow in his footsteps, O God. And what joy it is to learn to to serve and sacrifice as he has done. And so we come to remember all that you have done through his, his life, that we might remember him and remember this opportunity to witness before you and one another that commitment to do those things which you've called us to do. As we uh, recognize the, the joy of this season, of the harvest time, and the crops are ripening, Lord, we know that you have called us to be, to, to be available, to be used for your good, that you might reap the goodness of this land through the lives of those that follow him. Thank you, O God, for this promise. Thank you for revealing uh, your love to us through his, his sacrifice for us. I ask uh, your good spirit to accompany us in our time together in this ha- your house of worship, that you would be with our brother Harry as he would break the word forth the word of life, that we might truly partake, and that your spirit might uh, prick our hearts, and our hearts might be softened to receive that which you want us to hear and need us to hear. So bless our endeavors. May all the honor and the glory be thine. In the name of thy Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Good morning. Nice to see you all here. The scripture I'd like to bring to you for the oblation uh, comes from Matthew chapter 20, verse 21. And it reads, Jesus said unto him, If thou wilt be perfect, go, sell that thou hast, and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come and follow me. I'd like for you guys to ponder that in your hearts. The only way we really can truly understand Scripture is by pondering it. And the Lord is with us when we do. Would you bow with me? Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this beautiful day. And I pray upon these monies, pray for these monies that are given that they will be blessed and that the use of them will go to what is that is right and that you will be with those who give. Please be with those who wish to give but cannot. Please bless those who give and please be with us that we will tithe and give our oblations with full sincerity of heart and that we would commit our lives to you. In the name of thy Son, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.
Good morning, family, friends, saints of the Most High God. I welcome you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. What a wonderful and blessed day he's given us to start off this Sabbath day. And I know that he wants to bless us all. But I also am here to call you to repentance. And that's why we're here, because we need to repent from our sins when we strayed from the path and the Word of God, that rod of iron that we haven't held on to. We come and ask forgiveness. And once again, our Lord and Savior will forgive us. And I give praise, honor, and glory to His name. I want to talk to you a little bit about covenant today. We all made a covenant in the waters of baptism. And that covenant is extremely important to our lives and to our uh, salvation. You know, uh, I'll talk a little bit about what covenant means first. A covenant is an agreement between two or more persons. Various covenants between man and man are mentioned in Scripture. Genesis and Kings and Samuel. More important are those in which God condescended to be a coveting party. The Hebrew word for covenant is berith, which was, has the meaning of a bond. The divine covenant was not like a human agreement in which two contracting parties are on an equal, equal, equally or the same level. In the divine covenant, In a divine covenant, God always remained on a higher level. And He made covenant as an act of grace. His covenant with man is a free promise on His part, generally based upon the fulfilling of certain conditions by man. In other words, a covenant contains a responsibility of mutuality. He made a promise of continued life and favor to man on condition of obedience, coupled with a penalty for disobedience. But in his connection, the word covenant is not used. He established a covenant with Noah that there should be no other great deluge, the rainbow being a token of the covenant. We also know from the inspired version that uh, Enoch received the same promise, that a rainbow would be given as a promise of the, his return to the city Zion one day. Uh, since the human age had a beginning with Noah and his prosperity, the prehistoric covenant with Noah signifies God made a covenant with all humanity. God also made a covenant with Abraham and his posterity, of which circumcision was to be signed, to be their God, to give them the land of Canaan and inheritance with all Israelites as a nation, to continue to be their God and to grant national protection as a sign was to be the Sabbath. And the keeping of the Ten Commandments, its condition. This covenant was made at Horeb, or Sinai. And there was renewed with the next generation on the plains of Moab. There was a covenant with the Levites. And one especially with Phileas, I don't can't pronounce it anyway, to give him his descendants the everlasting covenant. I believe the Levites were given the the covenant today would be the keepers of the uh, of the covenant and the ark of the covenant, and they also prepared the uh, showbread and all the the uh, things that the Israelites partook of in those days. There was a, before they 
made that covenant. There was a covenant with David and his posterity should occupy his throne forever and uh, as a king over Israel. And in the contrast with the covenant in Sinai, there was to be a new covenant with the Israelites in which the law was to be written upon a human heart. This was a more, more spiritual character than its predecessors. Based on faith and design for all nations, of this Christ is the mediator. In Isaiah, the highest concept of covenant in the Old Testament is the responsibility of a per- person. And it was fulfilled as a in servant of Christ, a servant of the Lord, who eventually was fulfilled in Jesus Christ. The two tables of stones were engraved the Ten Commandments, which was the fulfillment of the law of God's covenant with Israel, were called the tables of the covenant. And the ark in which the tables were deposited were designed and was designated the ark of the covenant. The book of covenant prefaced in the Torah by the Ten Commandments consisted of the ordinances contained them and were formally accepted by the Israelites and ratified as a covenant between the Lord and his people. Later, the term is used as synonymous with the book of law and includes Deuteronomy, kings, and, and such. And there's many, many scriptures relating to that. I can't cover them all, so we'll just go on. If you ever want to know what they are, I can give them to you. And now in modern day, we have another covenant, don't we? We have another law. As uh, God brought Joseph Smith the the new covenant, the new law. And uh, introduction to that, it was in March of 1970. Harold House released the facsimile and reprint of the original Palmyra, New York edition of the Book of Mormon. Now we present the second in a series of Restoration Scripture reprints, the Book of Doctrine and Covenants of the Church of the Latter-day Saints. Behind its 1835 publication lies an interesting history. Church leaders tried to publish a selection of what they felt to be the most significant of Joseph Smith's inspired documents. However, this was shortened by the destruction of the church press at Independence, Missouri. Missouri by an anti-church mob on July 20th, 1833. The um, printing press was destroyed and the documents were shredded or tore up or or lost. And uh, so they put together a committee and came together in a uh, in a um, assembly, and Joseph Smith, Oliver Cowdery, Signer Green, and Frederick G. Williams put together uh, the new book, and the two subtitle pages each describing a separate point of the book suggested why the name Doctrine and Covenants was chosen to com- to the in-, in the committee. The first part of the book, the theological lectures, had to do with the doctrine of the church. And the last part of the volume contained the covenants and the commandments of the Lord to the elders of the church, hence the name Doctrine and Covenants. It's uh, to us, it's modern day revelation. It's been given to us for our use. And uh, from the Doctrine and Covenants 59a, 
Revelation given to Joseph Smith, Jr., prophet and seer of the church, August 7, 1831, in Missouri. He speaks about all he created for food and raiment. And it pleaseth God that he hath given all these things unto man, for unto this were they made, to be used with judgment, not to excess, neither by extortion. And in nothing doth offend God, or against none is his wrath kindled, save those who confess not his hand in all things, and obey not his commandments. And he called upon our father Adam by his own voice, saying, I am God, I made the world and men before they were in flesh. In Genesis we find that also he said unto Adam, If thou wilt turn unto me and hearken to my, my voice, and believe and repent of thy transgression, and be baptized even in water, in the name of my only begotten Son, who is full of grace and truth, which is Jesus Christ, the only name which shall be given under heaven, whereby salvation shall come unto the children of men, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, asking all things in his name, and whatsoever ye shall ask, it shall be given you. And our father Adam spake unto the Lord and said, Why is it that men must repent and be baptized in thy name and waters? And the Lord said unto Adam, Behold, I have forgiven thee thy transgressions in the garden of Eden. Hence came the saying abroad among the people that the Son of God had atoned for the original guilt, wherein the sins of the parents cannot be answered upon the heads of the children, for they are whole from the foundation of the world. The children pay attention. And the Lord spake unto Adam, saying, Inasmuch as children are conceived in sin, even so when they begin to grow up, sin conceiveth in their hearts, and they taste the bitter that they may know to prize the good. It is given unto them to know good from evil, wherefore they are agents unto themselves. As you know, we are baptized when you're eight years old. After you're eight years old, you begin to, up until that time, Jesus, through His grace and mercy, forgives you all your sin. But after you're eight years old, not so. Now you're responsible for your sin. You're responsible for repentance. You're responsible to do what the Lord has asked you to do and to use the Scriptures as your guide, your rod of iron, that you might walk in a straight path. And I have given unto you another law and commandment, wherefore teach it to your children that all men everywhere must repent or they can in no wise inherit the kingdom of God. For no unclean thing can dwell there, or dwell in his presence. For in the language of Adam, man of holiness is his name. And the name of the only begotten is Son of Man, even Jesus Christ, a righteous judge who shall come in the meridian of time. He came 2,000, 22 years ago, probably early in part of that this year. 2,000 22 years ago. Amazing, isn't it? How long ago it was. Therefore I give unto you a commandment to teach these things freely unto your children, saying that the reason of transgressions come to fall, which fall bringeth for death. And inasmuch as you were born in the world by water and blood, the Spirit I have made, and so become a dust living soul. Even so you must be born again into the kingdom of heaven of water, and of spirit, and be cleansed by the blood. Even the blood of mine only begotten, 
that you shall be sanctified from all sin and enjoy the world of eternal life in this world and eternal life in the world to come, even immortal glory. For by the water you keep the commandments, by the Spirit you are justified, by the blood you are sanctified. Therefore is given and abide in you the record of heaven, the comforter, the peaceful things of mortal glory, the truth of all things, that which quickeneth all things, which make alive all things, that which know all things and hath all power according to wisdom, mercy, truth, justice, and judgment. And I say, behold, I say unto you, this is the plan of salvation unto all men, through the blood of mine only begotten, who shall come in the meridian of time. What a wonderful and blessed promise our Lord and Savior has given us. What a path back to the righteousness and the, and the salvation that the Lord has for us. But you know when there's a gift given, and this is freely given, it doesn't cost you a thing except your obedience. When a gift is freely given, you know, we have to recognize the giver of the gift. We have to recognize that Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior that he is uh, always there and ready to serve us and to give us uh, comfort and to forgive us of our trespasses. And so that's why we're here today, to be forgiven of our trespasses. And that doesn't make any difference how old or how young you are. We all commit sins. We all stray from the path. We all have problems in this world particularly that uh, cause us to walk crooked paths. We're constantly going to and fro, and the devil's constantly tempting us to go to and fro, just as he tempted Eve to walk away from those things that we know are to be true. And we know better when we should do the things that we shouldn't do. And we have a knowledge of truth. We have that knowledge. If you were baptized, you have a special gift, the gift of the Holy Spirit. That Holy Spirit will tell you all things that you need to know. And if you don't follow that Holy Spirit, then you're walking in a crooked path. You're walking away from your Lord and Savior. Revelation given through Joseph Smith, Jr., prophet and seer of the church on April 30th in Manchester, New York. This instruction came and answered Joseph's inquiry concerning the status of those who desire to unite with the church who are already been baptized. And behold, I say unto you that all old covenants are called to be done, done away. In this thing, this is a new and everlasting covenant, even that which was from the beginning. Wherefore, although man should be baptized a hundred times, it will avail him nothing. For you cannot enter in the straight gate by the law of Moses, neither by dead works. For it is because of dead works that I have caused this last covenant and this church to be built up unto me, even in the days of old. Wherefore, enter ye into the gate, as I have commanded, and seek not to counsel your God. You know, uh, those that have been baptized in other churches don't believe they need to be baptized again. And that was the answer that the Lord gave Joseph when he, they inquired about it. So if you joined another church, you're baptized there, then you need to be rebaptized into this church with one having authority. And I would invite all to come unto Christ and be baptized. In the Book of Mormon, we find him speaking to the house of Israel. He meaneth that it should come by way of Gentiles, that the Lord may show his power unto the Gentiles for the very cause 
he shall be rejected of the Jews of the house of Israel. Wherefore, his father hath not spoken of our seed alone, but also all the house of Israel, pointing to the covenant which should be fulfilled in the latter days. Just read to you about that covenant. And that covenant which I, the Lord, made with our father Abraham, saying, In this seed shall all kindred of the earth be blessed. Very soon, we will be seeing the Israelite nation having the gospel taken to them, preached to them in the streets. And there will be great turmoil and great upheaval going on at that time. And many of those around who don't even know they're probably out of the house of Israel, will be coming to this country. And they'll be coming here for the city of Zion. And we have the responsibility in the city of Zion to be its uh, keeper while we're here until more come and replace us. And many more will come. We're going to see our borders opened up. We're going to see uh, many uh, upheavals in our own country, in our land. And I don't say this by way of prophecy. I just say this by way of study and understanding that uh, the Lord has told us all this in the past. And if you've read your scriptures well and studied them closely, you will understand and know that this has come to pass. And Mosiah from King Benjamin, which I love, Behold, also if I whom you call king have spent his days in your service, and yet has been a service of God, doth merit any thanks from you. Oh, how had you ought to thank your heavenly king. I say unto you, my brethren, if you should render all the thanks and praise with your whole souls, have power to possess to that God who created you, that has kept and preserved you, and caused that you should rejoice, and has granted that you should live in peace one with another. I say unto you, if you should serve him who I created you from the beginning, and are preserving you from day to day by lending you breath, that you may live and move and do according to your own will, and even support you from one moment to another. And if you should serve him with all your whole soul, you would be unprofitable service. Behold, all that he requires of you is to keep his commandments, and he has promised you that if you will keep his commandment, he will prosper in the land, And he will doth never vary from that which he has said. Therefore, if you do keep his commandments, he doth bless and prosper you. And now in the first place, he hath created you and granted unto you your lives, in which you are indebted to him. From section 59 again. Thou shalt offer sacrifice unto the Lord thy God in righteousness, even that of a broken heart and a contrite spirit. You know, the Lord is blessed us in so many ways and so many things. And uh, I don't know about you, I know many times I've uh, broken that covenant. I haven't done what I promised the Lord I would do. And I'm very sorry for that. And I'm afraid that there are many of us that are suffering great uh, troubles in their lives and having physical problems because we haven't Remember the Lord in our covenant. Remember in the book of Revelation, I think it was Samaria, they left their first love. They had forgotten about Jesus Christ. They went their own way. And unfortunately, many in this country have lost their way. 
they have forgotten their Lord and Savior. And God is trying to bring them back. And we need to be, as my son testified of a couple of people he talked to while he was on a trip, that uh, you know, we need to touch our friends, our neighbors, and all those that we know, and tell them about this gospel, this truth that is available. The only true and living church upon the country in this world today. I'm going to read a little more out of the section 59 of the Doctrine and Covenants, which, by the way, if you want to read section 59, it really tells you a lot of things we need, you need to know. And it tells you about the commandments, first off. And as thou may more fully keep thyself unspotted from the world, thou shalt go to the house of prayer and offer up thy sacraments on my holy day. Today is his holy day. These are sacraments we're going to partake of. For verily this is the day appointed unto you to rest from thy labors and to pay thy devotions to the Most High. You're here to worship your Lord and Savior and remember Jesus Christ and that cruel cross that he died upon. Nevertheless, the vow be offered up in righteousness on all days and at all times. But remember on this day, the Lord's day, thou shalt offer thine oblations and thy sacraments unto the Most High confessing thy sins unto the brethren and before the Lord. And on this day thou shalt do none other thing, only let thy food be prepared with singleness of heart, that fasting may be perfect, or in other words, that thy joy may be full. Verily, this is prayer and fasting. This is in prayer, or in other words, rejoicing and fasting. We, uh, I don't know when it happened exactly, I'm sure there's many of us in here, the older ones, that can remember blue laws. It used to be against the law to be open, store to be open on Sundays, because the whole country believed in the Lord and believed that the Sunday was a sacrament day, and that wasn't a day to be go out and buy and trade and sell. That was a day to be kept holy and to to seek after our Lord. But somehow or another, it got uh, torn down by the adversary, just as the adversary is tearing this country apart, ripping it from the middle. And a house divided cannot stand. So we need to stand together. We need to stand as one. We need to be believers, true believers. We need to shout praises unto our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And we need to come before this table with earnest hearts and minds to... Give him what he is due. We owe him all. We of ourselves are nothing. Less than the dust of the earth. But yet he continues to be with us. He continues to strengthen us and bless us. I pray my prayer today is that you have come with a desire and a hope in your heart for that kingdom to come. For it is only through that desire and hope in the heart for those that are righteous that will be able to enter into that kingdom. And I want to see each and every one of you there, young and old alike, that you might be uh, truly the children of kingdom. I go to CPRS and I talk to them about the, the gospel. And I have, have a prayer meetings. And I'll tell you what, some of these little ones' prayers will blow your mind. I mean, they're beautiful. They really are sincere and happy and joyous and desiring and hopeful. But yet as they get older, we lose that. We lose that response, that sense of uh, being close to the Lord. 
And somehow or another, we push him to the side. We can't do that anymore, folks. We can't push him aside any longer. He needs us, and we need him. He needs us to be part of his kingdom. And I would pray and hope that I will see each and every one of you there and that he will continue to bless and keep you. And I hope... uh, May the Lord bless and keep you. Amen.
It is expedient that the church meet together often to partake of the bread and wine in remembrance of the Lord Jesus. And the elder or the priest shall administer it, and after this manner shall he administer it. He shall kneel with the church and call upon the Father in solemn prayer. Saints of the living God, shall we now kneel as the prayer is offered over the bread. O God, the Eternal Father, we ask Thee in the name of Thy Son, Jesus Christ, to bless and sanctify this bread to the souls of all those who partake of it, that they may eat in remembrance of the body of Thy Son, and witness unto Thee, O God, the Eternal Father, that they are willing to take upon them the name of Thy Son, and always remember Him, and keep His commandments which He has given them, that they may always have His Spirit to be with them. Amen. Did everyone that desired to partake of the bread receive of their portion? Then once again, saints, would you join me in kneeling as the prayer is offered on the wine? O God, the Eternal Father, we ask Thee in the name of Thy Son, Jesus Christ, to bless and sanctify this wine to the souls of all those who drink of it, that they may do it in remembrance of the blood of thy Son, which was shed for them, that they may witness unto thee, O God, the Eternal Father, that they do always remember him, that they may have his Spirit to be with them. Amen.
Did everyone that desired to partake receive their portion of the wine? Then, saints, let us uh, gladly turn in our hymn books to hymn number two, Great God, Attend While Zion Sings. Father who art in heaven, we count it a great joy and privilege to gather in this your house this day to remember thy son, even Jesus Christ, that great and last and infinite sacrifice for each one of us. And Father, as even as we have reached forth this day to partake, we have felt thy unworthiness. And in so, in examining in our lives, even as those prayers were read, our part of the covenant, to always remember you and to keep thy commandments. And if we do these things, Father, we know we will have your Spirit to be with us. And oh, how we need your Spirit with us each day to guide and direct us. 
And so, Father, this is my prayer this day, that we might always have that spirit to be with us. And as I pronounce this benediction upon this service, may you continue to lend each one breath and sustain them from one moment to another till each one of us meet again is my prayer, Father. So, Father, we pray these things in the name of our Lord and Savior, who is Jesus Christ, our Redeemer. Amen.